Okay, welcome inside another edition of the 360 Sports Show. I'm Andrew Pizzelli, joined by Christian Lauber. The format for the show, we lead with the biggest sports stories of the week. Then we talk about the local stories here in New England and then any other leftover thoughts from around the wide world of sports. Anything is on the table, and that is fueled by your questions, comments, concerns, just general complaints. Uh, you can contact the show by uh, emailing the 360sportsshow at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at 360sportsshow. We are all over the place, continually growing. And uh, you can subscribe to the podcast through SoundCloud or through iTunes, Google Play, anywhere where podcasts can be found. You can find us. And Christian, I'd say um, there's some more newsworthy stories, but I think I want to lead today's episode with uh, All-Star Weekend. The All-Star Game has not happened yet, but we had... Um, a couple, uh, the biggest, some of the bigger parts of the weekend happen. You know, the game itself is kind of usually just a dud because it's just nobody plays defense. So it's all about the supplemental things. And uh, yeah, I think it's been an exciting All Star weekend for uh, for the NBA. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, I kind of agree with that. The game is going to be well. The last couple of years, it's improved because the players decided that we're going to turn this into something and we're going to make it uh, um, a bigger. A bigger deal kind of thing. And also with the announcement last night, real quick, with the Kobe Bryant MVP award of the All-Star Game. Yes. Pretty big news. So now, you know, you got to think, who's going to win that first one tonight? It's probably going to be a pretty big deal, and everybody's going to be trying at least, you know. I don't know. Maybe the first quarter is kind of like throw it up, dunk. Nobody plays defense, but they'll get serious. Well, I was going to say, we've seen like a couple of years ago, I mean, guys were like lying down on defense because they didn't want Like Steph oh, Curry yeah. like just lied down on the floor so that he wasn't in the frame of Giannis dunking. Um Maybe, I don't blame him for that one. I don't blame him at all. Maybe uh, you're right with the MVP award being named after Kobe. Maybe, you know, Kobe wouldn't want you to not, in honor of that, you can't go out there and just, like, not try on defense. I just feel like everybody now is going to try way harder to just so they can win that award because it means something this year. It's kind of like that they just announced it. It's kind of this big thing. So maybe everybody's going to try now, and it's going to be more of a thing. But I do think... The first couple of days, the the rising stars and the other stuff, is pretty pretty fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I love the rising stars because I think it's a good opportunity. The way they do it up, they do you know the world team and they do the you know team USA. Um, and there's some guys who you know are bench players on other teams. You know that some of these guys from other countries you might you might not have heard of. Everybody knows about Luka Doncic, um, uh, but like a guy like Shea. Uh, Oh, I can't even say it. Shea Gregis Alexander. Yeah, that has, oh, I think that's it. Tongue twisted on that name. But he's a really good player. He's a, a solid NBA player and a rising star. But it's a name. It's just but just because of the name. It's like it doesn't it doesn't obviously it doesn't flow right off the tongue. So it's uh, it's hard to say. Uh, and some of these guys you don't get to see all the time. Uh, and it's cool to see them play against each other. Play against each other, and I loved. Did you see the half court shot that Luca took yeah. at the end of the first and half? Trey Young is like, and that thing was in the air for forever. So you could have him and Trey Young were just standing next to each other, and then it goes, and he's like, "Ah, oh, are you kidding me?" I mean, that's what bas- that's what All Star Weekend should be about. Oh, I mean, yeah. these guys are out there having having fun and playing a game, uh, and you can see the passion and the joy with these younger guys. Yeah, um, and you get to see some guys like. Um, Devontae Graham from Charlotte, who's having an excellent year. Guys, like, he came from, like, the G League last year. Like, yep. It's kind of fun. You get to see these younger guys that are, and obviously, like, John Morant and Trey Young and all them, they're great. But, you know, Tyler Hero, Zion, of course, he was dunking the ball everywhere. Um, yeah, just kind of the younger guys that you don't maybe 
pay attention to really, but are having pretty good years. Yeah, and and I'd say out of that, the the four guys that stuck out to me, um, and and honestly, kind of down the stretch here since he's come back, Zion has really impressed, and he impressed yeah. in that game as well. Um, Luca, uh, Trey Young, and and John Morant. I mean, those are the big names. I mean, those are the guys. These are gonna be these are gonna be the faces of the NBA in say six years, you know, yeah. five six years. Um, obviously, there's guys who are in the All Star game currently that'll still be around. I mean, we'll get into uh, Jason Tatum ascending to superstar status, um, but it was just a couple of years ago that he was in this game, and you know, and so was Jalen Brown, and so it's these are the guys that you know you're going to be looking to. Will they make that next step um, in ascension? Um, and not one of them won MVP. Incredible, because Miles Bridges won. Yeah, but, you know, so it's kind of just fun. You know, you get to see like who who would think Miles Bridges is going to win MVP when there's Luca and Trey. And which, he had a game. I think. Yeah. Uh, he came out of the locker room. He had like a bad first half, and then he threw himself an alley oop dunk off the backboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, I've had enough. I need to get myself going. Nothing like uh, an alley oop just off the backboard to myself. And he can. A la, can fly. a la Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I actually. This year, I don't know. I like the world versus USA thing a lot better than like rookie sophomores. Kind of just adds a little something else to it where you get more competition. And, you know, there's so many guys from Europe now that are over here playing who have been pro for so long. So it's kind of cool, interesting yeah. to see like these guys have been pros for a long time. How are, are they better suited to like play together than just throwing all these AAU guys together? It's true. And I mean, Luca was. Uh, Man, what is he? Nineteen when he came in the league, I think, a couple of years ago, and just incredible the way. Like, so those guys can clearly play, obviously, and you know, like you said, they're going to be the face of the league. But the game is just entertaining and it's fun to watch, just because you get all these younger guys that maybe you're like you don't follow that much, and yeah, it's kind of fun. What did you think about the uh, the skills challenge, Jason Tatum? Uh, can you say he attempted to defend his crown? You know what the the problem that he sh- had, showing up is an attempt. What he said afterwards, which I agree with him, his assessment. Uh, number one, he should have practiced. But number two, his second three after he missed the first one, he took so long, and he was like, "I thought Sabonis might miss it, so I took my time." It's like, no, nah, just shoot it. But I mean, it's still entertaining. I actually like that they've improved that um, a little bit in I don't know over the last like three four years that's. It's been pretty entertaining. And you know what's crazy? All these big guys are in it. Bam Adebayo wins the thing. And it's like... That's the that's the modern-day NBA, man. He's, he's going against Patrick Beverly. Everybody's picking Beverly to win. And Bam just runs down there and just nails a three first time. So it's just all these bigger guys like Sabonis and Bam. And it's cool to see that how the league is like transformed. And, and even Tatum is... You know, he's, he's a wing. But he's, he can, he can, he's got the handle... He can pass. 30 years ago, he would have been playing power forward and yeah, never shooting true. the ball outside the paint. He would have that Kevin McHale move he used the other night would have been his go to because he would have been posting guys up, you know, every every single time down the court. I know it's amazing. And uh, so that that's kind of the cool aspect of it. Just the guys that they had in there. They're all bigger guys except for Beverly. But it was ultimately Sabonis and uh, Bam. Um but that's that's also pretty entertaining. Now, my favorite are the three-point and the dunk, but the skills is something that, I don't know, it's kind of just fun to watch. It's just supposed to be a fun weekend, you know, entertaining. Yeah, and uh, what did you, I didn't get to see the three-point shootout, so take us through uh, what went down in the three-point shootout. So I didn't even hear this, but they added a further out shot this year, which was the Mountain Dew 
something shot. Of course, it's Almost gonna like, be sponsored. Yeah, the Mountain Dew uh, four point shot. It was like uh, it was three points, and it was outside of the arc angle from the hoop. So you would take the first rack in the corner, then at the arc, then you, you step out further and take the Mountain Dew shot, then come to the to straight away another Mountain Dew shot, and then the rest of the racks. Um, but again. Sounds these guys, like a wild night, Mountain Dew shots. Yeah, Mountain Dew shots. Uh, sugar rush. These guys can, like a lot of them, actually all of them, they just all just went off. It was like Trey Young was the first guy up, and he, he, he I think he, he went for 15, maybe, 15 points. And the next guy comes out. It was like by round three, the score to beat was like 20. It was just insane. All these guys can just chuck it and shoot from pretty much anywhere, but... Between Heald and Devin Booker, the last round was awesome. Um, that The dunk contest is fun to me, but I like the three-point contest. I don't know why. I just like see, seeing guys just absolutely just annihilate this contest because they, it was like 25, I think it was 26 to beat, and Heald is on his last shot and wins the thing, 27-26. It was just incredible. Well, because there's, there's that clutch factor of it's kind of like you know being in a game where, okay, I have to make this many. Like, yeah, granted, some of the dunks, there's a clutch factor like, man, I can't like mess this up because I've done all this pomp and circumstance. I better nail this on the first attempt. Um, but with a three point shootout, like you need to hit the shots. Yeah. You miss the shot. It's not like you get another chance. It's no, over. There's time. <laughs> you have yeah. X amount of time to to get those shots off. And we've seen some some clutch performances. I know. I mean. Larry Bird famously, you know, just didn't even yeah. take off his warm up jacket. <laughs> yeah. And like was like looking like he was gonna lose and then just banged every <laughs> knocked down every single ball on the last rack. Like the in this day Ho- and age holding the hand up there. <laughs> in this day and age, these guys can just they shoot from anywhere now. So it's just it's it's fun to see them just go around these racks and just there's stretches where they make like eight or nine in a row. And what what's crazy is when they miss though, because you just expect them like yeah. There's no defense; these guys should make all of them. I remember Paul Pierce talking about his first year being in it, and then he came back and won it um, later on. But he talked about how you know when he practiced, he didn't practice with the rack. How it's it's unna- it's it's not natural to grab the ball off yeah. the rack. You have to work on your timing of shooting and then adjusting, grabbing the next ball. And, like, there's so much that goes into just doing that to win that contest aside from just being a good three-point shooter because it's not how you would normally receive the ball in the game. And because, like, the first shooter, Trey Young, was first, and he looks almost winded by, like, the fifth rack because these guys... He has to reach up to get the balls off the top of the rack, right? That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's down there, yeah. But I, I would say it's just, like, there's a couple elements, which is which side do you want to be on the rack, uh... Some guys were running all the way around, and then guys were just running to the left side of it or right side of it. So there's an element of that. Then you got to pick the ball up, shoot, look down again to grab it, and also it's timed, so you got to go fast. And there's a lot, but you don't want to rush. True, and there's a lot of shots up there. So you got five of five, so it's like 27 shots with these two new ones. So by the end of it, like it's kind of almost unnatural to run around racks uh, as fast as you can to shoot the ball. In warmups, you're just you're just chilling, you know? Yeah, just standing there. Just standing there, lackadaisical, shoot it up. Um, last part um, of the festivities um, last night, Saturday night, um, the dunk contest, which Ooh. 
I thought the contest again was amazing. Guys showed up. I mean, I I think there's been there's been some years where the creativity has lacked, and it's just not been either the guys been some straight the, the guys that are in there are just not names. Uh, it, it's fine if there's guys who aren't names if they show up and do like something really crazy. Um, there's been years when uh, you know you had some star-studded uh, dunk contests last night. As far as dunkers go, you had some legit dunkers in the contest. But once again, for the second time, Aaron Gordon was absolutely robbed. And it actually infuriates me. And I have a stat. I have a dunk contest stat to read you. Um, Not normally something you would hear. But Aaron Gordon has the most perfect scores in dunk contest history. Without Yet title. he has not wanted to. He has eight perfect scores. Zach Levine has seven. Michael Jordan has six. Derek Jones Jr. six. Jason Richardson five. Dominic Wilkins five. And then the list will go on. But like, how how does it happen? I mean, he he got absolutely um, hosed against Levine a couple years ago. That that dunk contest. I think it was a 2016 dunk contest. May have been one of the best dunk contests yeah. I've ever seen. 100%. Actually, last night was pretty damn good as well, Between the, at least in the final, um, between Derek Jones Jr. and uh, and Gordon. But what I'll say is, supposedly afterwards, the judges were trying to make it a tie, and someone screwed it up, I guess. That's what uh, Common said, so take that with a grain of salt, I guess. But here's what I'll say. I, I think... Gordon should have won unless they wanted to make a two-trophy thing, which normally I'm not for. Last night, those two were just going off, so I would have been fine with it. But there's absolutely no way. Yeah, that's what they said. They said that in 2016 with Levine and and Gordon. Charles Barkley was just like, okay, first person to make a three wins. (laughs) (laughs) Charles, yeah. Thanks, Charles. Uh, I would... I think it's it's just not good. I, I don't like it because Gordon... Either should have won or they both should have gotten something, which I don't usually like. But in this case, I would have been fine with it because both of them were doing Cause, some. Because now Aaron Gordon says he never wants to come back. He's going to do the three-point contest. Like he <laughs> said he's going to win that thing or try to win. But, but it's like that's where you go wrong because what makes the dunk contest great is those guys staying and wanting to do it. So many of the best dunkers in the NBA don't want to do the game because the guy dunked over Taco Fall. Yeah, he's seven five, <laughs> and he, he. People are saying that he 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 kind of nudged Taco, but no, really, Taco if you ducked. Look, yeah, if you look, it's his hands that were on top of his head where the ball was, and he hits his hands with his leg, and Taco kind of falls and ducks. He dunks over a seven foot five guy, and they give him like three nines. I'm just like, uh, and, okay, and how about here we that, go again. The, the dunk before that, he he like. He receives the pass off the backboard with one hand, three sixty windmills it. Yeah. Like, you can't even. I'm glad they've gone to allowing the judges to look at the replay because there's been years when guys do things that are so insane you can't even comprehend it in real time. You have to slow it down and really look at it and be like, that is like continents. His that dunk where he um, hit it off. He the touched the backboard yeah. and then yep. dunked it real speed. I was like, what did he do? And then that's what I was gonna. Say. Yeah. And and then Kenny Smith is like, he touched the backboard. He touched the that's backboard. That's a ten. That's a ten. Every every dunk. After Let's go. That home. Like, that's a ten. Let's go. It's got to be a ten. Um, you know, I, I I enjoy I enjoy that too. Like the the guy. I mean, have you ever been to a dunk contest in person? No. So I went to Team Flight Brothers came to Endicott when I was there, 
um, Matt, who was with us on the show uh, the last two episodes, uh, he came up uh, to see them with me. And uh, we may have been a little Isaiah Thomas at that at that event. Old Isaiah Thomas. Old Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> we'll get into that here in a second. Uh, he was hanging out with D Wade. Probably that's what happened with D Wade in the in the as yeah. in the, the judging. Just um, but uh, just amazing. Like it's so to see guys pull off dunks like that in in real time, like up close. You understand the hype, and like I think that's part of the fun too is watching these other NBA stars. You know, even guys who aren't playing anymore guys who are legends like guys like Shaq standing on the sideline with you know with his his go uh his, his like iPhone AT&T cam his AT&T cam you know in the uh you know in the, the little like selfie stick there but like seeing those guys all get hyped when a dunk contest is good and the whole place is like electric yeah you want to preserve that and if you have a guy like Aaron Gordon who brings that type of energy every time with creativity and just like jaw dropping dunks you you don't want to lose that guy from come. You want him to win, and then he's gonna to have to come back and defend it next year. And then if he loses, he's like, well, okay, well, I'm one and one against that guy now. Now I want to. I'll come back again. Like, I just think it takes something out of it. Like it, now he's not. He's never gonna come back, or so he says. So it's just like, I don't know. He should have won two years. Let's be real. And at least last night they should have tied, because both of them were doing. Bring on unreal things, creativity and new dunks and just insane athleticism to that thing, and for him to get robbed like that, it's just kind of like a bad look. And even even you could see Jones was like, uh, "What?" He's like, "Did I wait? What? Did I just win?" Oh yeah. Everybody else was just like the sh- the sh- the old Shaq face. I think it was after Vince Carter's dunk. Oh no! It's like when Macklemore won the Grammy over Kendrick Lamar, and he was like, "Oh, I what? What just <laughs> happened?" Kendrick, uh... <laughs> Guy dunks over Taco Fall and gets robbed. What? That Was that his only not 50 of the night? I think so. It might have been, which is absolutely ludicrous. You no, know, I think his I think his first dunk might... No, his first dunk was like a 48, Oh, I that's think. true. No, because he got... Fir- the first His first four dunks were, f- were perfect. Oh, no, no. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of... Because the first dunk I watched was Dwight Howard's. Um, yeah, that wasn't a 50. That wasn't a 50. <laughs> no. Um, well, that's another guy. It's like you can't even appreciate, like... The the three sixty he did where he like just paused in yeah. midair and Pound then the ball. And you can't what's what's amazing is a guy that's that size doing you know, dunks like that. I think I just That's why this... he won in the first place to begin with was because there was no never anybody that big yeah doing it. And I just you can't I... you can't even appreciate like you have to be that big to pull off some of his dunks. So they don't look crazy because it's not like crazy amounts of spins or between the legs or yeah. nothing crazy. But it's insane. <laughs> like, it is, but I don't know. Maybe I just have this thing against Dwight Howard. I just, it wasn't exciting. It, like, the Superman one was cool because he did it to, like, the O to Kobe, but other than that, like, he just, like, it is amazing for what he's doing, but I, he just doesn't excite me. I don't know. When he touched the top, in 2006, when he touched the top, or 2007, 2006, 2007, I can't remember which year it was, he touched the top of the backboard. Oh, his first one? Yeah, yeah, His, yeah. his first couple of dunk contests were ridiculous. I still love Gerald Green blowing out the cupcake. Yeah, um, that was good. Yeah, Gerald Green was awesome in that year. Ooh, yeah. so this is—we're just coming up with more. We got to keep making up these lists. These would be good. The listener contributions uh, wanted for this: um, top five dunk contest dunks. Vince Carter, number one. Vince Carter. <laughs> we're just going Vince. Vince. Top five jerseys of all time. Uh, Vince Carter Raptors jersey. Top five dunks. Uh, Vince Carter. 
for the Raptors dunk contest. <laughs> Top guy to wear to headband, Vince Carter. Now, Vince Carter was, uh, that year I'll never forget. That was an awesome dunk contest. And even a couple of years ago with Gordon and Levine, that was good too. But if I just had to go off the top of my head, I'd say three guys, three or four maybe immediately, were two guys last night, Gordon and Jones Jr. Levine was also awesome. And Vince. And then, you know, add the five. Gerald Green, Dwight Howard, someone like that. Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson. I forgot about Nate him. Nate the Great. Forgot come, about came him. Came out in the kryptonite jersey and dunked over Dwight Howard. You know why I don't remember that? Because all I remember is him jumping on Big Baby's back and just <laughs> riding him down the court. Shrek and Donkey. Yeah, Shrek and Donkey, yeah. Um, last note about uh, All-Star Weekend. Um, obviously, the the game itself is going to happen tonight. Um so we'll we'll comment on the game next weekend. Um, it will be interesting to see with the game. You know, as you said, do guys go out and treat this like a real game to honor Kobe, or is it the opposite? Guys are just going to be hucking sh- shots. Yeah, it's going to be twice as bad because everybody just wants to like be MVP. It's still entertaining. It'll yeah, I guess it'll still be entertaining. It'll be like seventies basketball, just like you know, ten seconds shot. And sprint back down the floor, shot. Will they be wearing... It'd be like Grinnell, the Grinnell uh, yeah. offense. The first shot is the best shot. Will they have the seventy shorts on though? That's the question. That would be awesome. Yeah, I would. I would love a throwback um, All Star game, Jackie Moon style. Uh, last note, um, probably the one of the more entertaining parts of the evening was uh, Isaiah Thomas. Do it um, for your daddy. Not not Boston Celtics uh, currently unrestricted free agent Isaiah Thomas, but the original Isaiah Thomas of the bad boy Pistons era. Um, he was a bit soft last night. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, it was hilarious though. Kristen Ledlow looks so like, liquor. she looks so awkward up there. Like what, what is happening right now? <laughs> I was not, well, he, what did he screw up? He like announced that Patrick Beverly was going to be doing something. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, well you're just giving away everything, you know? You wouldn't make mistakes if you uh, showed up to rehearsal. rehearsals. Yeah, that <laughs> and was they funny. cut to him, and he's just like he's got that. Like he's you can tell, but it's that like I'm re- that he was. This is between being like a little buzzed and like people have said like, hey, is Chris Collinsworth like drunk on T- or Troy Aikman drunk on TV right now? Yeah, and being like a little buzzed and excited. Isaiah Thomas had that like lips pursed kind of like like kind of like rocking like yes. Oh, he had Jack Daniels face for sure. 100%. I'm here. Yes. Whiskey on the rocks is what he had before he got up there. They're just like Isaiah, calm it down. Don't drink too much and then he just gets up there and just bombs the thing. <laughs> so funny. He just like Kristen Ledlow the whole time is just kind of like laughing trying to do the intros but he keeps interrupting her. <laughs> it's just an absolute cluster. Yeah, I thought I was like trolling Twitter uh when I got back from work. Uh, late last night, and I'd see uh, Joel and B be like, "I'm just on here to see you guys drag Isaiah Thomas." Uh, and I'm like, "Oh God, what did it do?" And I'm thinking it's you know the Boston Celtics, former Boston Celtic Isaiah Thomas, that they had him plan to participate in something at All Star Weekend, like be a host of something, and now he's not on a team, and he's just so angry, and he just decided to get completely loaded, and he's like going off on the, he like he had, we went off on the NBA or something like that. And I mean, I was dis- nope. I was it, it, I'm 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 I was a little disappointed, but I'm glad because uh, my man it. I mean, I just I I you want for I want things to go well for him. He's gonna have a moment. This guy, I mean, because he can still play. That's the crazy thing. Like 
if he came back from the hip injury like this year legitimately where he basically took the whole year off to get ready and prepare and be fully healthy and if he came back to the Wizards and just was like yeah it he's done he could but, help but he can play he can still play the dude should be on a team um I thought the Wizards were a good situation for him because John Wall wasn't coming back and he could be the starter and I said somewhere like originally I said somewhere like the Magic was going to be a great landing place for him but then they get Markel Fultz who's balling out yeah uh, so that can be like an off-season thing if he doesn't sign anywhere like but man just look at the difference where can too. he go if Devin Booker asks for a trade out of uh Phoenix to go play with D'Lo and Cat in Minnesota maybe, maybe Isaiah mix. goes back to the Suns the tale of two ITs last night one's like without a job trying to get back on a team the other's just tipsy off his butt and he's just chilling with Kristen Ledlow <laughs> Making a fool. <laughs> trying to lose his job. Yeah. One trying. wants a job. The other one's got a job. Hey, Doing his know, best to get rid of it. He's a happy guy. Just let him let him go. Um, so if you have any other thoughts on the uh, All-Star weekend and then uh, with the game happening later on tonight, uh, send us your comments on the game uh, and questions to the360sportshow at gmail.com or you can send them through Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at uh, 360sportshow. You can find us on there and... Uh, you know, at the end of the show, we get to all your questions and comments, and uh, we love the listener participation. It really drives the show. Some of the some of our best content, some of our best segments of the show have come from uh, from the listeners. Um, we're going to transition now. Uh, I guess other lead biggest lead story um, still, uh, you know, from coming from Major League Baseball, um, the Mookie Betts trade does in fact finally go through. The uh, Dodgers and Red Sox finally can agree to terms with each other. Um, and so Mookie Betts and David Price uh, find, do, in fact, become members of the Dodgers. The Sox end up getting three prospects back. Um, I think, personally, I wanted I wanted them to trade Betts. I was glad they could get rid of David Price while you're doing so. Um, because Betts is looked at as a one-year rental, um, that's how teams are approaching it. Um, I think you're lucky to get what you got um, in, in, in the long run. And... The only real backlash that'll come down the line if you're the Red Sox is if um, because the Dodgers still completed that trade with the Twins for that relief pitcher. Yeah, Gratterall. Yep, Gratterall. And if like the Dodgers go to the World Series and uh, Mookie rakes and that guy throws gas, look out. Uh, and in in the prospects that you you know ended up getting back don't pan out. Um, you're gonna there's gonna be a double take there because. This Red Sox do need bullpen help. That's been or, or closer. Um, they've needed a hot arm out of the bullpen. That was their problem last year from the get go. And if the guy, if you decided to like kind of like finagle and be like, oh, actually, we don't like this guy. We want somebody else. And then that guy ends up being just a stud. Oh man, that's a bad bad look. How how about that for uh, Bloom's first trade? Not great. Uh, he was put into an, into a difficult situation, though. I'll give him that. I don't disagree. His owner but... comes out and says, "Yeah, we're trying to get under the luxury tax." Oh, well, thanks, John. Just totally ruined my position. Yeah, the luxury tax thing is like I don't know. I I, I agree that, but you're you're paying Jackie Bradley Jr. eleven million dollars, not for long. Nathan Navaldi, bad contract. Chris Sale, bad. Con- That's why you're in this position where you have to trade Betts, who's arguably one of the top three players in the MLB. I, I think Jackie's going to get traded. How many? I, I, yeah, I would. I would think so. They, especially they, they, they picked. Just... They picked up another outfielder. They picked up uh, Pilar, right? Yeah, Pilar. Yeah, yeah. So I think 
They're they're positioning themselves to just who's virtually clean house. the same player. Yeah, and Pilar might even be better in, on the. You know, Jackie does uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. does these things where he's jumping off the wall and looks like he's jumping off a trampoline to make these catches that are a little bit overrated. But Pilar is he could, I think he's arguably a better defender. But you know, either way, I and now Verdugo, who's this, who's the main part in this this the main piece in this trade has back issues and he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. It's just like, Oh, here we go. Great. And Jeter downs. We'll see. He needs another year. I believe probably he'll probably be in double a to triple a this year. Jeter. And Derek next that he's the next Derek Jeter, but his, his first name is Jeter. Look out. Is he going to wear number two? He might. No, I don't know. I would say, in my opinion, I don't like the trade. But I like getting rid of what price. trade could they have made that would make you? You would have wanted like the entire Dodgers roster. No, I would have kept. I would have kept. <laughs> there's, there's no way that you would have. I like, would have kept bets for the year. Oh, you would, like, oh, I thought you said you would have kept price. I was like, no, 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 ship his ass out. <laughs> but I, I would have kept bets for the year. I think and and just get a third round compensatory pick. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen. How many how many times do these guys like this get traded? Not very often. They they and I think there's there was no negotiation. So yes, you can say that they they weren't going to pay bets, but there's a reason they're not going to pay bets, and that's because they're they're Dombrowski there ruined the farm system and gave out bad contracts. Ownership now decided that they're going to step in and take over this whole ship, and you know. Plug in a guy that is basically an analytics robot and see what they can do, which they have to rebuild their farm system. They have to rebuild the – they have to get under the tax. and But I just don't – I don't know. I, I, I don't feel great about it just because I would rather have bets on this team than not. If he's not going to sign here, he's not going to sign here. But at least let him go to market. If someone gives him an outrageous – like I'm not giving him 12 years for $420 million, but I would give him – That's what he wants. I would give him eight. And it doesn't matter what you see. This is the thing. Everybody's talking about like, well, this is what I would give him and he would take it. The dude wants 12 years, 400 something million dollars and somebody's going to give it to him. And Probably. it's not going to, in, in, I, I don't want it to be the Red Sox and you don't want it to be the Red Sox to give him that contract. So the dude's leaving. You, you I just understand don't think the dude is leaving. I, I would give him a bunch of money in less years or more years and less money. But he wants both. And, and essentially, I mean, I would do the half measure. Hey, you want... He's going to end up you, in like Arizona. Because you're paying for... And we've been over this. You're, you're paying really for like six to seven years of actual good service. So why not just give him a seven, eight-year deal for the same amount of money? You're going to pay like a guy $60 million a year? That'd be the highest annual average contract. They would obliterate like the current number. Like the current number is... Uh, At the end of the year, though... five, I think... There's got to be a chance. There's a chance that you could negotiate him down, if he if he actually wanted to stay and play with this core of like Bogarts and these I guys. But I don't think he does. All right, right now, Christian, if if they didn't make this trade, if they kept the 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 current, if they took basically last year's team, and just rolled them out again. No, you have to get rid of Price. With okay, but who wants to take that contract? No, you no, you eat the money on it, but you still get rid of them. Okay, so you just so now you're down a pitcher. You're eating money. You're down a pitcher anyway. Now with the bets trade. Okay, but I'm saying so it's kind of a wash in that sense. But you're 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 down. A, so you've traded Price. So you're down a guy that has been a starter in your rotation, um, who you're hoping to get you know 22, 23 games out of, 
um, ideally 200 in- in- innings. Um, so you're bringing up a prospect or you're signing some low-level, no-name type guy hoping you can get something more out of him. What, what is your expectation for the Red Sox? Who still, yes, Ron Renneke has been named interim manager, but I still don't, I mean, and he could get, they did that so that they could can him tomorrow if the Red Sox punishment I, I finally think comes idea, out. I think they want, I think they want Cora back. I'm starting to think more and more that they're going to try to get Cora Yeah, back. he's just a placeholder, yeah. and, and we'll get into that fully in a second here, the the update with like the, the Astro stuff, which I'm glad, it's like the story that will never die. It's like following Antonio Brown last summer, yeah. following this Astros thing is just going to be so fascinating, because more and more is just going to keep coming the players out. are talking now, so. Um, but what is what do you think the Red Sox do this year with that lineup? They they're okay. Their offense this year is still good. Not, but but I'm I'm saying what you're saying. If they didn't trade Mookie, I think I think their offense is still fine. But I'm saying what do you, you you subtract David Price? You don't replace him with anybody consummate. And what what what, what do the Red Sox do without actual like management or leadership currently? In what sense? I mean, do they win ninety games and get into the playoffs? They could. I just you don't think Betts adds a win here or there for that that team? Maybe, but at the same time, we'll uh, see. Ultimately, we'll see on the return. Because I just I don't think the return is because because there's just so many assumptions there to make that Chris Sale is healthy for the whole year. Not gonna happen. He has pneumonia. Yeah, <laughs> already. Not gonna happen. Um, that. You know their bullpen, what like magically just pitches well again, like they did in the like they, people forget that bullpen was the Achilles heel of that 2018 team, and then those guys like got on. You know they took Michael Jordan's uh, special drink, uh, magic drink in wow. in the playoffs and absolutely went insane. And it wasn't even necessarily the bullpen; it was because Alex Cora managed the crap out of it and had starters act as relievers, and they they. Managed their way to a World Series. Yeah, and well, they're closer this year. And then they didn't add any bullpen help last year, and it completely fell apart. They said they're closer this year as Brandon Workman. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is what it is. I don't know. They're going to get under the tax. They're going to cut some some payroll. And you know what? The other thing, if they're in it this year, there's a chance they go out and make a trade at the deadline for. They could get a real guy if they get under the tax here. Uh, midway through the year if they're in it now i'm not convinced they'll be in it but their roster is still good like even without price and mookie their roster is still good you got you, you i think they added perez in the the rotation who is you know middle of the road guy um but they're not their their offense and stuff is not bad they just signed benintendi to a couple of years i think and eduardo rodriguez is back uh or which they took him to arbitration over 600,000. I don't even want to start <laughs> yeah. getting into that. And but he lost. <laughs> like, what are you doing? That's a young... That's how you lose people. Well, yeah. that's... They they took Mookie Betts to arbitration a while, like, yeah. a while back. I mean, maybe that's the beginning of where you lose a guy is you, you know, rake him over the cult. Because, you know, those, the way those meetings work is you sit down and the player says, this is what I did, blah, blah, blah. This is what I think I'm owed. And the club sits there, your own team, yeah. And they degrade you and say, no, this is why he's not worth this. I.e. John Lester. But, but but yeah, this is why this, 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 this. These are the negatives. This is what he can't do. And then, like, how do you walk out of that meeting with any sort of confidence about playing for that team? 
It's the, tough. The one that's memorable is Lester. You know that saying, they're they're gonna nickel and they're gonna just bend you over backwards for a couple hundred thousand yeah, dollars when they're 000. taking in billions. Just crazy. We'll get into the Red Sox a little bit more, but the, in terms of the trade, it is what it is. Uh, we'll see ultimately on the return if it pans out. Um, I just if if you're talking about just solely cutting payroll, or you you think he's gone, so you want to get a return, then you know fine. If you're talking about cutting payroll to get under the tax and you have to trade bets, I disagree. I think you're in this position because of bad contracts, so you could find another way to do that if you really needed to. But overall, it is what it is. We'll see what happens with the return and Verdugo if he pans out to be something. Um, but I think the Red Sox are still good enough to to at least sneak in maybe to a wild card spot or something like that this year. Bigger picture. Now, their punishment still has not come out. It was expected early last week. Nope. Um, it's supposed to be this week now, I guess. By the day, I think the MLB is starting to look more and more like the NFL with their handling of this. Because as you said, players now are talking. Um, there's been reports that p- opponent pitchers are saying now that when they face the Astros this year, they're just going to just barrage those guys, that they're going to sweep these guys off the plate. Uh, in- intentionally, they're just going to retaliate um, like I think bet the over on Altuve's on base percentage this year. Cause I think he's going to get plunked probably every single game. Yeah, I would. Um, so it the, the situation just right in, in the tattoo for Altuve right in the buzzer. Uh, the situation I think, uh, internally with the league is just getting worse and worse with, you know, you wanted to try and keep it to, okay, we're just going to punish the teams. The players are going to be exonerated. We're not going to do anything. And then that's kind of just upset more players. And it's going to be bad for baseball if this whole thing explodes into just a pointing of fingers about who does what and everything because, like, you just don't want to shine a light on that if you're Major League Baseball. Um, and the question mark is going to be with the Red Sox, like, if this pun- what the punishment's going to be. Is Alex Cora back in play? You know, is Renicky interim because they could just bring Cora back next year? Some reports say his punishment is going to be lighter um, than initially thought. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts about how this thing is just starting to play out now? I think it's starting to look really. It's going to be. I think it's going to be really bad. More and more is just going to keep coming out. Yeah, and everybody's got their story now. So we'll see what happens. I, th- in my opinion, the Astros are sorry. Yeah, they're so sorry, and they're you know. What we did didn't really affect the outcome of games, okay? So it's not a big deal, which is just a crock of poo. Uh, I would say, man, I don't know. This thing looks worse by the detail, and the Astros players are making themselves look so bad. Like, Correa keeps talking. He he won't shut up. So the more you say, the more you're going to dig yourself into a hole, like, Altuve didn't want us to to rip the jersey up because he has uh, he had a uh, unfinished tattoo. It just seems like you're making a mockery of it now, and it's like I'm starting to think MLB didn't come down hard enough. I think some of these players should get walloped now. Like, there's I I don't, in my opinion, I think there was something going on with with the individual players. Maybe it was a buzzer, maybe it wasn't. But and and another one, I think maybe it was Correa too. It was like, yeah, Altuve didn't use the garbage cans. Wait, what? So you're saying one batters one, two used it. Altuve said, No, nah, I'm not gonna do that. And then four, five, six, seven, eight, nine used it. That's just I think Adam Jones uh is playing over in some some league overseas and he came out and was like, This is the best thing I've heard with like a bunch of crying laughing emojis, just like 
it's just such a mockery. And all these guys are talking now. Like Chris Bryant came out and said uh, a couple different things. What a disgrace. I watched their apology yesterday. There was no sincerity, no genuineness. Um, it was messed up in a big way. I'd be the first one to let you know how big of a mess it was. It was just hard to believe. It's really sad. Like all these guys now are seeing because because the start of the season is coming up here in spring training. All these guys outside of the Astros are seeing their half-ass apology. And that would piss me off if I'm someone else because it clearly affected the game. And you have your owner over there saying it really didn't matter, basically, which is just uh, it's just a flat out lie. That organization just sucks to begin with. Yeah, like they do all like just everything that's happened with them, whether it's this cheating thing, whether it's the like uh, the stuff with their um, was it a GM was it a GM? Somebody front office guy was like degrading the uh, that woman in the locker room. Like it's just this is the best one. Ready for this one? Let me see if I can find it real quick. But no no morals there in Houston. And it it just continues to look worse and worse. uh, Oh, I got to find this one. I. It was uh, Gary Sanchez came came out and was like, "If I all I know is that if I had hit a walk off to win the world or to go to the World Series, you could have ripped my pants off." And I was just like, "That's so <laughs> true." It's just like coming around third, rip it all off. That's basically what he said. And they're just trying to make this thing like unfinished tattoo. His wife said not to. He's shy. And then all I see is pictures of him like on a beach with his shirt off. I'm just like. What is going on here? Why do you keep doing this? Just take ownership of it and move on. That's all you have to do. Yeah, if you were given a... I don't know. They they were given... A, the MLB is kind of screwed up because they gave the players immunity but then didn't come out and I think fully say what was going on because they knew if you gave the full story, it would anger people and then the situation would deteriorate. Instead, they, try, yeah. they tried... It's a botched cover-up. That's essentially what it's turning into. Agreed, yep. It's a botched cover-up. And, and now, you know, you a little bit got out of the box, so now you've got to open the box again to try and get that little bit, but then a little more spills out, and then that part's now growing, and now you kind of have to keep making a bigger and bigger bigger box to cover it all. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, once the games start, does it just kind of disappear, and it becomes one of those things that, like, I hope not. people talk about, but, you know, it really becomes a non-factor. Um, you know who's hoping for that? The Astros. Oh, like, 100%. Like, uh, Araldis we're, we're Chapman. Just moving on. Yeah. Like, uh, Araldis Chapman was reacting to uh, Crane's comments and was like, which is, I, I 100% agree with this. Is that the sole reason they won the World Series? I don't know. But what I can say, that when you have an advantage like that, it's definitely going to make you a stronger team. 100%. Whether it affected the game to make you win the World Series, maybe not. Who knows? You know? Was that the sole reason you won? No, because your roster's pretty decent if you don't cheat. But it's still, okay, you can't say that doesn't give you an advantage. That's ridiculous. Their home road splits, it's glaring. Yeah, insane. It is glaring. Like, it's not like, there's a difference of 0.01%. It's like, okay, well. Especially Mr. MVP there, Altuve. But with Altuve, it stands out. It's noticeable. And so that didn't give you an advantage, though. Yeah, didn't didn't it didn't give me an advantage in baseball to know what pitch is coming. It essentially had batting practice out there uh, at the plate in a real game. And Altuve was the only one that didn't use the trash can. He was really against it. He he said, "Don't do that when I'm up. When everybody else is up, go ahead." Yeah, that's that's oh yeah, that's believable. Joke, absolute joke. Um, 
Eh, but it, it's becoming, like I said, this is a NFL style now investigation for Major League yep. Baseball, and it is the last thing that they need. Um, those are kind of the biggest stories um, from the week. Oh, um, well, t- well, by the way, so the playoff format, I don't know if you saw the details on that. We'll talk about that next week more. But they they have this new, and I'm just I, I just oh they, they they want to have like 14 teams. yeah just like early reaction I'm just like hey uh, MLB how about pace of play like what the hell are we doing here yeah but we'll I re- touch on that more I I really want to hey if that's the case yes the Red Sox will make the playoffs if they're gonna take seven teams from each conference we're gonna take 28 teams out of 32 uh, and uh, it's just gonna be a free for all yeah. And those those last four teams that don't make it are uh, actually uh, demoted out of Major League Baseball to the XFL. Yep. And we add uh, for how uh, for those four teams we add four more games to the schedule. Yeah. Make the baseball season even longer. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Actually, I want a two hundred and sixty two game schedule. Yeah, that's good. Let's just make it year round, twelve months. Yeah. Yeah. Never never ends. Um. So moving away from uh the the lead stories of the week, we're gonna focus in on. Uh, the local stories here in New England, um, you know, we'll touch quickly. It's just been, I feel like it's been over-talked about, um, but we'll spend a couple of minutes on it. Uh, and the Tom Brady talk. I think it's awesome. I think it's, I mean, it's, you you hear 10 different things from 10 different people. Oh, yeah. 100% he's going to the Cowboys. 100% he's going to the Titans. 100% he is going to go to Tampa Bay. 100% he's going to the Chargers. 100% he's staying in England. There's no way Robert Kraft. And so there's just so much smoke. Oh, it's silly season right now. It is absolutely ridiculous. I think um, it's the best possible thing for Tom Brady if he really wants to stay in New England. The question is, will Bill blink? And I think that's going to be fascinating to see because I think he generally wants to stay here. He doesn't want to be paid pittens, but he wants to he wants to be decently paid. Um, I think they're you know a little hesitant to give a forty three year old quarterback a crap ton of money and basically just say, well, ride or die, we're going to sink or swim with Tom Brady at forty three years old. Um, and it's going to be. I'm just I'm just going to let it play out. I'm really. Yep. I, I, I am a hardcore Patriots fan. I'm really not all that worried. If Brady stays, he stays. If he leaves, honestly, the path is there for them to, you know what? You don't re-sign Devin McCourty. Um, you don't re-sign Kyle Van Noy. You just draft a ton of guys. You trade Stephon Gilmore. Maybe you trade Gilmore to like get up to like the third pick and get a quarterback. Like there's cuz Gilmore is going to be paid like $24 million this year. Um he's going to he's in all likelihood going to have the highest cap hit on the team depending on what they do with Brady and even still I don't think Brady could supersede that because that would basically eat up all their money. We've been over yeah. the numbers. I don't want to bore people with the numbers. We've gone over the numbers again and again and again. Um you can't give Brady thirty million dollars because if you put thirty million dollars on the cap, you can't sign your rookies. And they need their rookies because they say, can't sign anybody else. I, I I believe that I'm well I'm not as worried because Belichick's here. So you trust in Bill if Brady's gone. I'd be excited to watch the rebuild. Yeah, why not? Right? I, I in my opinion, still I, I I stand pat on this. It's time, in my opinion, to just move on, and we'll, we'll figure it out. Clear whether out that's, the Deadwood fans. Yeah, get those bandwagons those, out of here. Those red cedars up there. Actually, I've, I've sat there before, but uh, outside, not inside. Yeah, just for the record. Uh, but I would say, you know, the reason you have Belichick here is for that rebuild. So. If you're going away from Brady, I trust that Belichick's, you know, whether it's 
I trust him with Andy Dalton, Marcus Mariota for one year. You know, if you if you if Stidham for sure needs one more year and he's not the guy and he's not ready, then I'm fine with that. And you have you know you build back up on defense for a year, uh, whether that's re-signing a few guys because you're still gonna you're still gonna be up there in the division. It's gonna be you and Buffalo, so you just go with what you got and you trust Bill takes the year to figure things out. Maybe Stidham's ready year three, and you move forward with him or you draft another guy. But I'm okay with it. The reason you have Belichick here is for that rebuild. Guys like Josh, Casario just signed, which we didn't mention yet, but he just re-upped, which is huge. That was huge because, one, I mean, he tried to go to the Texans last year. Bill put the kibosh on that. And you give the guy the extension because you don't want the guy deciding your future, essentially, to not have the contract. Like, his contract was going to expire. You don't want a guy who's not going to be here to be making your picks. That's just not wise. Not good. And but but I think that's that's a big move. Even you know, hopefully beyond Belichick, Casario's around because he's kind of the guy that's like next in line to take over football ops almost. Oh, he's been Bill programmed. Like yeah, so oh, you yeah. hear him talk and you close your eyes and you're like, is that Belichick? He's been with the Patriots too long. He's been there for a while, like thirty, twenty, thirty years or something. He's, crazy. he's been there for a while, a while. Uh, but I'm okay with either way they go. And also. Brady in a powder blue Chargers jersey would just like get me in a freaking oof, man. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll talk about that. If you want, go to our Instagram page or we put it out on Twitter and on Facebook, but uh, the Instagram page is where it's gotten most of the attention uh, at 360 Sports Show. Um, you know, I've been I've been pumping out the graphics. We had our top five jerseys of all time uh, last week. Um, and then during this week, we put out. Just some ideas of what Tom Brady would look like in another jersey. We had him in a New York Giants jersey, which I actually thought kind of looked good. Uh, pain me to say. I know. Um, but it looked good. Um, uh, Giants jersey, Tampa Bay jersey, um, a Dolphins jersey, and the powder blue Chargers jersey. And that, I'd say out of all of them, the Buccaneers jersey looks the weirdest. Yeah. Even though that's probably a great place. TB to TB. That That's... That's really true. I think uh, good spot for TB twelve sports too. Yeah, TB TB twelve, um, TB twelve to B. Um, anyway, I digress. Uh, but you can go check those out and uh, and tell us what you think. And I, yeah, the 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 Chargers powder blue is just like, like I'm about to give up my life savings for him to go to the Chargers. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I'm about to like sell my arm and a leg for him to go there. Just for that jersey. Just for that jersey. Just because I, I want to buy one, you know. You can go get one right now. You can go to. You can get a customized. Yeah, jersey. it's not the same though. I gotta see him in it first, and then I go buy. No, it. no. You go get the jersey now, and then when it happens, you can be like, "That's true." I brought this into the universe. That's I true. made this happen. And if he comes back, I already have one, so we're good there too. Like before, um, Gordon Hayward signed with the Celtics. Matt Murphy, who was on with us last week to talk NBA stuff, went and bought this tank top. That was Gordon Hayward's face just yeah. all over. Those are good. Yeah, I like that. You know, just he was just, you know, master of your own universe, just trying to bring it to fruition. That's a good idea. I might do that. I might do it right now. We're, so one of the other teams, quickly last on Brady, I think that nobody's talking about that I think could be a wild card here is if Drew Brees retires, the Saints, I think, could be that wild card team. Because, like, the Broncos came out of nowhere to get Peyton Manning, if you remember back, like, yeah. eight years ago. Yep. Um. I think I think the the Saints could be in play because that's a team ready made. You've got a coach in place who's no who knows what he's doing. That's an offensive mind that's gonna just work well 
with with Brady. Uh, you have a defense that's ready to go. They don't have a ton. Of, they don't. They have like around twelve ish million dollars of cap space. They don't really need to add a lot. Like they don't have any guys like leaving that are big names. Um, you could tender Taysom Hill to that restricted free agent deal. Yeah, give Brady a big deal and kind of finagle the money around the way they've done with Drew Brees. And but if Brees says he's coming back, no, I'm saying he's if, willing if, to come back. If if this is if Brees leaves, if he says no, you know what, I'm going to retire. Okay, so even if they say we'll bring you back for a year, he says no, I'm done. Then yeah, okay, yeah, that's a good situation over there. Yeah, yeah. If Brees decides no, what I've had enough, I'm going to walk away. The Saints immediately become in play for Tom Brady. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. Right now, it seems like it's mainly Chargers, Vegas, who apparently, like, there's so many reports, but Vegas is, like, two years, $60 million, which, if that's fully guaranteed, I think he's gone. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good deal. $60 million fully guaranteed, I think he's gone. But who knows? And then Dallas was the other one that was, like... But that's if it's just about there. the money. If it's just about the money, yeah, Tom's going to be playing in Vegas or Tampa Bay, or he'd go to the Dolphins. I think he wants to win, too. Like, I think he wants to stay here and win. I think he knows staying with Belichick gives him, with any roster, the best chance of winning. Yeah. Um, I think he wants to be, he wants he wants a little bit of respect uh, w- with the money, and he wants to have a chance to win. I think Vegas, the Raiders, like, you swap out Derek Carr for, you know, with Tom Brady. and I think Gruden's a pretty good coach, though. I, I don't know. I, I give them a shot. If if Brady, I think there. they win eleven, twelve games, but I just don't think that team's ready yet. You know, I, no, I don't think Brady's not at the point. I think in his career where he's gonna like, like Peyton Manning still had a lot left in the tank, not just physically, but like emotionally and mentally to like remake a team. Like he like helped remake that Broncos yeah, that's team. True. Brady doesn't want to do that. I think he'd do it. He'd put in the work here. I don't think he's gonna want to go to a team where he's gonna have to like totally changed the culture. You know what I mean? I think the culture has to already be good there, and I just don't think the Raiders are there yet. Yeah. I, I honestly think Chargers... Neither are the Buccaneers, but I think they just have the talent they have. It's just like... Yeah. Ooh, I would pick Miami or Tampa Bay, though. But You're going down south, Florida? Sure, but you but the, the Dolphins are nowhere close to being ready to win. No, closer than... Well... Tampa Bay has a good good offense, but I don't know. I, I see Chargers are probably the ideal situation, in my opinion. You want to know who wants Tom Brady on all these other teams more than anybody? Bill Belichick? Patriots fans. I've spoken to Dolphin fans. I've spoken to Raiders fans. I've spoken to Giants fans. Uh, they all don't want Tom Brady. That's crap. Don't believe it. I... Listen, I've heard, I've just seen it too much other places and firsthand. They either don't want a forty-three-year-old quarterback. There's you, you have Christian. I don't understand it. People are they they want Tua. Like Dolphin fans want Tua. I'm like, you want a guy that is you want like, Tim Tebow is just trending towards bust. Like really, I think the people that they you, hate him too much. They hate him too much. I I think that's BS. Okay, if if Tom Brady goes to a team that we just mentioned, right, and their fans are like, no, we don't want Tom Brady, and then he gets there and they're starting to win games, they're going to be sleeping in Tom Brady jerseys and maybe even cleats. Yeah, no, that you're you're absolutely right on that. But I'm but right now, 
they're, they're seeing red there's because mo- there's of more, the name. There's more people who are like kind of like like the way you said. You you were just going to sell. Give me your arm. Give me your leg. Give me your life savings. And put that'd Tom be, Brady on the Chargers. That would be awesome. Chargers fans aren't aren't even nearly that excited about getting Tom Brady. Wait, what's a Charger fan? <laughs> I don't see anybody in that stadium ever. <laughs> that soccer stadium that they played in. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how they fill out. It's going to be all corporate seats. There's going to be no actual fans yeah. at Chargers games. Probably. This is going to be people <laughs> coming to sites. It's just going to be tours coming through that new L.A. stadium. You want a draw, though? Brady, I think, is a draw. Oh, 100%. So... That's but what if? But what if? I mean, if you're Tom Brady and you go there and they're like, "We're gonna give you all this money," and but like, there's really not gonna be like, it's really just about like, the Chargers are gonna want to market the crap on him. He's gonna they're gonna want him to make appearances and do all this other stuff and blah blah blah. blah. Like, it's gonna be more about making money for the team than you know. What he's games. gonna say, "Come on down to my TB12 Sports Center." I don't know. Anyway, moving on uh, from Tom Brady, I want to get to the Celtics, who had a. Basically, since you know, whenever it was like a couple weeks ago, they had that they had that meeting that Tommy talked about yeah. um, before the Lakers game, and not a last year meeting. Like we're talking about, like a real good meeting, a real, a real, it was a real good meeting. Brad Gurley got in there. Um, they've played outstanding. They have the one dud was uh the the day the Sunday where Houston. Kobe Bryant where, where Kobe Bryant uh passed away, and everybody you just. You know, they lost a winning streak on that day against the Pelicans. It's like, you know, it's just understandable. Like, nobody's heads were screwed on right. Yeah. Then they won seven games in a row. Following that, that Houston game, I mean, everybody, it was just bad. That game was horrible. It's just bad basketball. And, I mean, the Celtics did kind of do it to themselves. They allowed themselves to play Houston stuff. But it's just, it's not, it's bad. I have a Rockets rant coming up here because I, that team is so boring. I, I, I wanted to fall it's like, asleep. It's like watching a pickup game at the Y. It's just dribble down the court, huck up a, huck up a three. It's not even like let's like run plays to get open threes. They're, no. just, they're just chucking people it at who the say, rim. People who say Marcus Smart is a flopper, I don't disagree. Watch James Harden play. It's insufferable to watch him play. I, don't, I, I just realized this in the last like couple of years, but... And and most notably this this year because I don't catch a lot of Rockets games but I see highlights. God, man, I, I I don't like watching him play. It's so boring. He either steps back eight steps and nails a three, or he flips his head back when no one's near him and and he gets breathed on and he gets to the line. He he went they went for like fifty free throws the other night. I wanted to like pull my eyes out. James Harden is the only player in NBA history among qualifying guys, right? Like guys who matter. Um, I'm sure there's some bench guy who played in like three games who has this too, but he has more made free throws than field goals. And that's, that's saying something because he shoots about 50 times a game. I looked up like, okay, who are other guys who have played for a while? Like, is it close? Like Kobe Bryant got to the free throw line. Like LeBron gets to the free throw line. LeBron still has like 5,000 more made field goals than free throws yeah just insane james harden is breaking basketball it's it's he's playing within the rules but, but it the just ref, it the refs just, give it to him but it no. just doesn't feel right when a guy i mean he draws these fouls and he's just living at the free throw line uh to make his scoring and it's going to be a debate someday like say he wins a, t- a title <laughs> and, and and I'm just saying, <laughs> say he wins a title, and even if he doesn't, but the way he's scoring, what if he someday passes, like, he's the all-time leading scorer in the history of the league? 
it's just not going to feel the same like as a guy who did it against defense as opposed to a guy who just got 15,000 free throws. Ready for this? <laughs> this is this is embarrassing. All right, 25 free throws for the Celtics the other night. The game was an absolute cluster. It was terrible on both ends, but 25 free throws to 42 free throws for the Rockets. The Celtics shot the ball eight more times than the Rockets. They went to the line 17 times less. That's insane. I don't, and I, they were I aggressive too. It, it was. It wasn't to me. It wasn't that they just totally fell into the trap of three for three for three for three. For three. I do think they did stay. Um, they lost aggressive. by eleven, and they were down in the free throw column by seventeen. Yeah, it's insufferable. I mean, I will say though. I mean, they shot better. That Houston team. It's a matchup problem. But they're a first-round exit in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Look at this. Ready? Because, like, a single game, like, you can win a game with this style of we're just going to huck it up and you can't stop James Harden and Russell Westbrook. But in the course of a seven-game series, that's just not going to play out that way. Uh, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're going to lose in five games to somebody in the first round. So, like, I don't even worry about – no team should worry about facing, like, oh, how cool you stop that backcourt. They'll stop themselves. It was – Seven, they took 77 shots. 45 of them were threes, and then they took 42 free throws. Ew. Chuck, duck, and flop. That's pretty much what that team does. <laughs> All they do. That's the offensive philosophy. D'Antoni, just, he runs them out there. Don't play defense. Chuck, run, duck, dodge, dip, dive, duck, and dodge. That's basically what he has them doing. It's insufferable. But back to the And give P.J. Tucker a wrench because that's what he's going to need yeah. to do to play defense Holy in the playoffs crap, against centers. Guy. He's left on an island back there. Yikes. I think, uh, <laughs> real quick, I think in that game, Covington was technically the center. Hey, he was six. Covington's yeah. the biggest guy. He's 6'9". Well, he's technically the center, but he's stuck out at the three-point line. Yeah. Just, uh, they put like the 6'5 guy at center, and they put the 6'9 guy out on the wing. I don't, I don't do well with that team. But Celtics Clippers... Hell of a game. Oh, give me seven of those in June. Give I me. would love to see these two teams play. Add in, give give us Jalen Brown back, get Pat Bev back on the other side. That would Paul be Paul George too. Yeah. And Paul George. That would be one hell of an entertaining NBA finals. Boston, yeah. LA, and it would just rub it right in the face of the Lakers. For the for like um, really the first Tatum's have some good year uh good games this year, and he's had some thirty point, which you know, you can tell he's 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 kind of coming into his own now, but that game the other night, Tatum was just he took over the game both ends. That's the important part. Both ends offense of the and floor. defense. You yeah. you just stole the words uh, right out of my mouth. And I think more importantly than him, like w- just from the strict numbers, yeah, having a superstar level type of performance, they recognized what was going on and just kept giving him the ball, like. Fourth quarter in overtime, it was just give the ball to Tatum. Like maybe it doesn't start there. We're gonna we're gonna move the ball around. No, we start with Brad side. Wanamaker, but we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get the ball side to side. But like once it gets down to ten seconds, we're gonna get Tatum in a good spot and let him go to work. Well, I mean, Tatum pretty much ran over Shamit the entire night. They got him into a mismatch most of the night, and even when he went at Kawhi, though he was still damn good. But they they liked that Shamit matchup, which I don't know. Uh, he got his. Uh, he looked like he has his, had his two shoes tied together when Kemba crossed him up there through oh. the legs. Just insane. Uh, 
But they liked that matchup, and they kept going to it, which is good. Like, Tatum had the hot hand pretty much, I don't know, second quarter on. Yeah. Actually, it was good right from the jump. But, man, the the more important piece to me for Tatum this year has been his defense. He he was on Kawhi a few times down the stretch there and was just awesome. He was in the right place, knocked the ball out a few times, and he, he has such length that you don't realize. But when you go up to shoot it, Kawhi had to adjust just a tiny bit, and it threw him off. But he was a both Kawhi ends of the floor. Yet. Yes. Fourth quarter. Yes. Um, I think what's important, too, about them letting Tatum continue to get the ball, that's not just a Brad Stevens thing. That's a Kemba Walker thing. Yep, 100%. Last year, that game does not happen. It gets close, and then in the final three minutes, Kyrie Irving chucks up like six terrible shots and ends the game six for 26 or something and ends the game terrible and they don't they don't come close to winning that game um that game took guts uh i think you know the team the team this last like two and a half weeks has really really showed me something um you know because there was points in that game where you could have given i think they got down five at one point in yeah. the overtime or double they had overtime. the lead too they had the lead they had the lead and then they got down and they had to battle back it was like 50 seconds to go you need to get a get a bucket get a stop and then get another bucket um and they kept making those plays now i need i need to i need to mention something well while i'm pulling this up uh and setting it up pull up the uh can you pull up the play-by-play like from the box score of uh the second overtime because me and Christian were talking throughout the game, um, and we were discussing uh, how the performance is, how guys are playing, this, that, and the other thing. And we were both kind of on uh, Gordon Hayward. You know, he was having a big. He was having. He was contributing. He was had a rough game shooting, but his defense was solid. He was rebounding. I think he led the team in rebounding. He had thirteen rebounds in total in the game. He had a good game other than wide-open shots. And he game. missed a whole bunch of shots, and it was the second overtime. And at 11.01 p.m., my dad texts me, and he says, Tatum, huge night, but Haywood will score game winner or have big buckets down the stretch. And he did. Run me through. They were... Find that first Hayward. Oh, yeah. Hayward I hit. I think you. it was a corner. Yeah. It was a, either a straightaway three or a corner three. Straightaway, yeah. Straightaway three. Read me the play-by-play from there. Just every single time Hayward's meant. Like just read the play-by-play. All right. Here, here we go. We'll go. All right. So I'll go back a little bit further. We're tied at one thirty. One thirty. Right. Marcus Smart, bad pass. Kawhi Leonard steals. Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> you bad just pass. want to start with Marcus no, no, Smart no, ragging because I got you. Hold on. <laughs> Two seconds later, Kawhi Leonard bad pass. Marcus Smart steals. Then Marcus Smart makes a driving layup. Grant Williams blocks uh, Shamit's layup. Defensive rebound. Tatum makes a layup, and the Clippers call a timeout. So now the Clippers are down 130 to 134. And you know, okay, here they come. They're going to come back. It's going to be tied again. Mantra, uh, Harold basically made... Grant Williams retire with his dunk. Oh, even Brad Stevens was like, yeah, we have to check and make sure that he was alive. alive. (laughs) (laughs) He gets absolutely demolished on a dunk. So it's 134-132, and it's like, okay, here we go. This is a big possession. Because they needed to keep scoring because they weren't going to be able to stop Harrell inside. Yep. And 136 left in the game. Tatum goes baseline and goes around Sham, I believe. He gets shut off down there, maybe by Kawhi or someone else. Wraps around and kicks this one out to Hayward. In stride, nails a three. One thirty-six. Hayward makes twenty-six foot 
three-point jumper. And I'm like, out of all the shots, thank you, Gordon Hayward. Thank you. So he called it. Your dad called it. He got it right. Keep going, though, because Hayward ended up, yeah. like, Hayward closed out the game. So we, we go a few more positions. Uh, let's see. Lou Williams, bad pass. Grant Williams stole it. Tatum, offensive foul. Bullcrap call, by the way. I remember that one. So a turnover there. Lou Williams comes back down, who has just been killing you all night. He's He's been awesome. He drives towards the paint, and Hayward blocks it. That was a key one, and it goes off of Lou Williams out of bounds. Then Hayward misses a three-pointer, but he gets the offensive rebound. Williams gets a foul. Just it goes. You go down the line, so Hayward makes one free throw, makes two of two. Marcus uh, Morris Sr., bad pass. Hayward steals. Lou Williams, personal foul. Hayward makes one of two. Hayward makes two of two. And that was pretty much it. But there was one play. Uh, the, the biggest play of the game, in my opinion, was his three-pointer. They go down the other way, and he makes a huge block on Lou Williams. That was a huge because yeah, Williams turned the corner on him, and that dude, he, he makes more crazy off balance shots than any, like he that little flip shot. Yeah, like he gets in the paint and he just like he's money. He looks like he's gobbled up, and somehow the ball is in the air, and you're like, oh, it's in. Like how the hell he is money? And, and for and, Hayward to like recover and block that shot was exactly huge. I was just about to say that because he was he was behind him a little bit on that play. He was trailing the play, got back in it. Made a, a an amazing block and then knocked it off of Lou Williams out of bounds. Celtics are up five. Here you go. Now they have to foul, and Hayward makes his free throws. So for all of the gripe that I had with Hayward, because I think he took the most open shots in that game and missed them all, but he was playing well rebounding-wise. He did the other things. He always is good with his passing. This is what I'm saying. People that wanted to trade Hayward for, like, Drummond. No. Hayward does a lot more for the team than you think. You just You don't see it on the stat sheet all the time. Like, because he'll get a hockey assist or something like that. But he makes plays for other people. And, man, in crunch time, that was good to see because there's been some games this year where he struggled in big big games against, like, Philly and uh, games like that. Money at the end. Made all of his free throws. Made that three. And on defense, awesome. He He's that weird, awkwardly shaped piece in a game of Tetris. Yeah. Where what he's doing right now is just fitting in all the cracks. Rebounding, assists steals like you look down his box scores um i mean and he was having an all-star start to the he's, season he's averaging career highs and rebounds i think and three-point shooting and three yeah and infield yeah and three-point field goal he could be uh a 40 um uh whatchamacallit uh like a 40 50 90 guy close to something like that like yeah he's he's having an unreal well um, you just look at games where he, he's going and he's got 16 to 20 points but then he's got like Nine rebounds, seven assists. Like, he's just doing everything. And it was really good to see um, the other night him come through in, in, the, in that moment when they needed him. Because he was open on that three that Tatum Tatum made the play, drew everybody into the paint. Because there's one earlier it. where he was open for the three, and he, like, pumped it and yeah. then took a step in, took an, a weird... And you could tell that was a... Um, he wasn't comfortable shooting the ball. And yeah. Somebody must have said something like, dude, just let it fly. Just keep keep shooting. Keep shooting, yeah. Marcus Smart told him, keep shooting. Oh, God. That's coming from Marcus Smart. That's that means something, yeah. Because man, does he keep shooting? But now he did make a huge shot he's in the ball- second overtime. But what's you? You have the you have the box score there. What's Marcus Smart's final line? Because every time you shoot the he shoots the ball, you you just cringe. But they needed him to take those shots without Jalen Brown in the lineup. So that's why I'm, if Jalen Brown is there and they're fully healthy, Marcus Smart shouldn't need to take more than ten shots a game. Yeah. With no Jalen Brown, you need somebody to to generate that offense. 
I say this all the time, though. You live and die by it because he makes such good plays, and then he just does something so stupid. But in that second overtime, you're down four, and I'm like, that's kind of it. I think, you know, this is where they close it out. Smart comes right back down, nails a three when you need him. Oh, no, and not just nails a three. It was, was that the... That was from the logo, basically. Oh, that was the kickout one? Because there was the yeah. other one where he, like, fielded a ball on the bounce in the corner, off balance, falling out of bounds, like, had to arc it oh, over yeah. Harrell and, like, just can't. This one where, where he just comes down and, and steps into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, His final line, 31 points, 10 of 20, not bad. So 50%. What but he took the three? most threes on the team. But five of fourteen. I'm fine with it. Okay, because think about it this way: if Jalen, I'm not, but if Jalen Brown took, so you know, I say I want Marcus. Shoot. How many times? What was his? He was ten of twenty. Ten of twenty. So take away ten of those shots. Well, the nine misses were for threes. Yeah, nine of ten. So I mean, I see, but but here's the thing, right? You don't see it in the line like five of fourteen. But he, t- it's just in weird spots where he's taking stupid shots. That's the only problem I have with it. Like, if he's open and he's shooting, fine. But there is moments when, when you know, like you're up six and you're kind of rolling and you can maybe even get this thing open a little bit more and he takes such a dumb shot that I'm just like, what are we doing? But then he comes back down the other end and steals the ball. So, like I said, I think you just live and die by what he does. If you tell him to stop shooting, does that take away from his defensive uh, prowess? Maybe. But... I don't know. Fourteen threes is a lot, and that was the most on the team. Uh, but man, Tatum—he carried you early, though. I mean, he he literally scored like the first all the points to begin the game. Yeah, no, he was. I mean, he was definitely good in the game. There's no question. And about that's that. where kind of sometimes the numbers can get skewed. Like you start like <laughs> you start five for five from three, you know, or like you know three for four, and then you just you you score that so early on your attempts are just going to be up and the number of times you shoot it again later on are just going to be kind of skewed too. Just back to the Kemba Walker versus Kyrie Irving thing because I, I think this is an interesting storyline as we go throughout the season because it's just like one of those things where you look from the only, the really the only difference between all these guys, now obviously you got rid of Rozier and those guys, but Kemba Walker did not have his best game. He was 5 of 17, 19 points, but he was a plus 22, the highest on the team. So he's doing things to make his team better and he's not Defense. crying about it. Yeah. Took a big lick in the chops. Oh man, did he from yeah. Kawhi? Yeah, and got up and was pounding the floor. That dude's a Celtic. Oh yeah, no, he is. Yeah, he's just got that mentality, you know. And uh, just looking at the the statute again, Tatum was just unbelievable. Now free throws, I would like to see him hit more, but that's my one gripe is the free throws because he was six of ten, but thirty nine points, fourteen to twenty three, super efficient, five of ten from three, efficient, nine boards. One assist, one steal, one block. Just he's just all over the place, and he was just awesome on defense as well. Yeah, he's he's starting to string together more and more game. of these type of games, and it's it's the progression we you wanted to see. And like I said, if the future of this team is Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, yep, you, these guys are going to continue to grow. They've shown the growth. They're going to continue to get if Tatum better. Sticks around. Um. Oh, he'll stick. I yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The Celtics aren't dumb. I I I I think they're gonna. You pay him out the nose. There's yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna happen this summer. Don't don't worry. Um, another Celtics point. Um, they announced during the game that they're going to retire. Random. The big ticket. How random was that though? In like the middle of the Clippers game, in the middle of the like he. It's not like KG was there. Yeah. This is so random. But yeah. Yeah. 
news it's dump. Okay. News dump. Yeah. Before the All Star yeah. game, um, when they first announced they're going to retire Garnett's number, I my initial reaction was this is bad because I I love Kevin Garnett. He one of my basketball inspirations. Um, a dude that's just like all hustle defense, but also has like this crazy awesome like. He, there was no one like him in the league when he came in. A guy that that size with that ability, and in Garnett would talk about it, you know, working on his craft, and yeah. he had not just an athletic and a skilled game, but he had a crafty game too. Especially as he got you know on in his career, and you know the post moves, oh, just beautiful, beautiful stuff to watch. Uh, just a winner, and it was a shame that he was stuck in Minnesota for so long and not able to win more. If he had come to this, he said, if he had come to the Celtics earlier, who knows. Like if him and oh, Paul yeah. Pierce had gotten together sooner, what could have been? Um, I felt like just the one title, he was only here for six years. But when I th- thought about it more, um, I realized that he was such a transformative figure for that team. I mean, that team wasn't going to win anything with just Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Al Jefferson. Yeah, no. They would have maybe made a conference final. Garnett is what put that team over the top. Total culture change. Uh, and reinvigorated everything. Um, there's a mixed bag on this, though, from who I've talked to. There's a lot of people saying, like, I don't think so. One title wasn't enough. Pierce, because he was longevity and the title, he's an automatic, right? He's like the lead, He's one of the leading scorers. If not the, he might be the leading scorer in Celtics history. But Garnett, for me, I'm, I'm a hell yeah on Garnett. Like, Ray Allen, Rondo, no. You can't just keep adding guys up there. The, the, the argument for Rondo will be interesting. Because I, I do think Garnett and Pierce should be the only guys out of that run. Yeah. But look, look here's, here's Rondo's numbers. It's a little more impressive than I thought. Four-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, two-time All-Defense, three-time NBA assist leader, NBA steals leader, and he won a championship. And he was a monster in that finals. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a no. I don't know. He, just a, he was a no. not he wasn't a monster in the finals game six he was an absolute beast and from there like the next like five years he was like on the fringe of like MVP consideration yeah especially in the playoffs I'm still a no he was averaging a triple double mostly too many guys well no and that and that's where I'm like I want but this. Garnett is the like he was the Pierce was the captain but Garnett was the centerpiece of that thing oh he was the heart and soul he was he drove it. If he doesn't get injured, they do, I think they win too. They should have won too. Let's be real; they should have won too. And or more. To, and trying to hold all these Celtics to the standard of having to win multiple titles, yeah, is realistically it's tough. Um, so if you only you won one, if they hadn't won at all, I, oh, I would, a, that's a complete yeah. I failure. think maybe I think maybe Pierce, you know, gets up there like ten, fifteen years from now as like a, almost like. Hey, you know, you're like 80 years old. We want to do something nice for you. <laughs> yeah, but Garnett came in and like, yeah, like you mentioned, Pierce is an automatic just because of longevity. But KG came in to that team and brought everybody together. They knew they had to make sacrifices on the team, but he really drove that thing home and both ends of the floor. He's an intense guy. He wants to win, and I, I just think he's a yes because of the intangibles. Number one and number two, he was a great player, and he and he brought the Celtics back. Really, that gets you going. <laughs> they did that the other night too, and everybody was like saying, 
Let me Man, do I'm ready to run through a brick wall. Let me let me do let me cue that up again. Actually, let me, let me get that. Yeah. What I love too is if you've ever seen any of the behind the scenes uh, stuff, it was like media day in like 2010, 2011. And uh, somebody's talking to, I think it's Rondo in a, in a media, you know, in a little, you know, a director's chair. They're sitting down doing an interview. And like the next door, Garnett is filming like the hype video stuff. I've seen this, yeah. And Rondo's like, he can't focus. He's like, dude, how do you have this kind of energy, man? It's like seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like, what is media day? Like, how are you this pumped up? And like, that's just the intensity that Garnett brought all the time. Like, he's like, oh, I'm here to like, tape this pump up video like oh, i'm gonna get psyched and you just get totally yeah. like frothing at the mouth that type of guy yeah to like because sometimes you see those guys do the pump, pump up things like for the crowd like make some noise come on let's hear it and it's just like oh god this is kind of awkward garnett's like let's go he just yeah. absolutely screams right screaming into screaming at the top of his lungs um and that's why you love the guy i also have you seen uncut gems no not yet Ooh, add that to your homework that is definitely on there. I wanted to see that. It was not really in theaters around here. Which it, is weird. It, it was very shortly uh, around here, but um, worth very much worth the watch. We could talk about that. Um, and they talked about the same thing, Garnett, the intensity he brought on set. Um, I guess they had pickup. They played pickup basketball games. Yeah, that's what I on saw set. on Jimmy Kimmel. Was and then um, Garnett talked about like the intensity he has to basketball trying to apply that to like being an actor was interesting and how like he how much respect he has for like he obviously the preparation and the work that he would bring to like being a basketball player seeing how guys do that in other professions like how much prep and work and focus it takes to be an actor yeah uh so it was really cool to hear him talk about all that and once you see the movie we can we can discuss further um what are your thoughts, uh, the listeners? You know, should Garnett be in the? He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. They announced that along with Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant. Well deserved. Um, obviously a surefire Hall of Famer. Does he deserve to have his number retired with the Celtics? Um, even though they've kind of devalued retiring numbers there, I do think if you're going to stick with two guys who should be up there next, it was Pierce and I think Garnett's deserving. Cap it at that. But what do you think? Send us your thoughts. Uh, to the 360 Sports Show at gmail.com or through Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at 360 Sports Show. Um, we've already talked Red Sox. Um, last thing locally um, we'll talk about is the Boston Bruins, um, who continue their pace, best team in the NHL. Next week will be a big week for this with the trade deadline. Trade deadline coming. Monday, a week from tomorrow. So, um, Christian, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, we've discussed who they should go after. What are you looking for in a trade piece? What's most important for this Bruins team? I got a question for you at the end of this uh, piece that I'm about to talk about. But so what I think they need, the guy that I would like to see is Tyler Foley because I think he he offers something on that right wing side. He's got size and he's a little more tough. So I think, you know, I'm looking for size, and 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 I think they. You just saw it last year in the Blues series. You get beat up in the playoffs. That's just it's just what it is. And I don't think the Bruins have enough size. So I'd like to see power forward style, something like that. I don't think you need like a Taylor Hall. I mean, I think I would take him on the team because just for like the rental. Because loser. Yeah, yeah, he really is, and he's kind of a pud. But I, I think I would still take him for this team for for the rental because he is 
pretty dynamic. But, uh, yeah, I, I think size is the number one thing. So, to Foley, uh, Anderson, someone like that. Um, you know, even Kovalchuk, I thought they should have taken a flyer on when he was a free agent or he got released there. Um, someone like that that j- just adds a little bit something. You, you know, you're kind of looking for like a Charlie Coyle again this year. Um, here's my question for you. This is a name that I've seen, and I, I think for the right price for pretty much nothing, I would do it and, and stash him on like the fourth, third or fourth line as, you know, he plays soft for a big guy. How do you feel about Joe Thornton? Oh, man, bringing back Big Joe. I think it's kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. Because I think on this team, he's not he's not the captain or anything like that. No. they got a good room. So if you stash him on like the fourth line for some size, maybe on the power play in front of the Give net. Give that man a ring. Yeah. Put the sad be Joe memes cool. to bed. Um, I don't know. What do you do in that situation though? Do you almost curse yourselves? Are you destined to get to the final and then like get blown out because Joe Thornton is just every cursed? dog has his day. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. Joe now, Thornton. Now here's what I say: You don't take Joe Thornton over a Toffoli, but if you can get both and and Thornton's super cheap for like a six rounder or something, whatever, like a 98th rounder, uh, I think you do it. I think you get him and if you can get him on the cheap, 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 and then add another player. I'm all for it. I think if you're going after Joe Thornton, you're trying to channel Toby Keith. Stick with me here. Toby Keith has a song, and the lyrics in this song go, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm good once as I ever was. I like it. That's what you're hoping for. I like it, yeah. That's what I'm... You're bringing in him. You're trying to bring some mojo. Get Joe mojo. (laughs) Because he's got to be motivated, right? Yeah, maybe maybe he empties the tank and goes all out. Yeah, on, I on think this is it. That's an intriguing possibility. I like that. I think I could get down. I could get down with that. Yeah, especially if you add another piece and he's kind of like a secondary cheap rental, you know, for the for the rest of the season. I'm yeah. all for it. I think it'd be cool. I do like Toffoli a lot. I think everything you just said, a, a bigger guy, bring some size, some physicality, um, and some experience. I mean, been there, won. Those yep. Kings teams were nails. Um so having a guy like that, he's in, a good player in the too. locker room. He's a solid player. So I'm that move as I've heard for weeks has just basically been in the bag. That as soon as the Bruins want to do it, it's there, and they're yeah. just they're just trying to kick the tires on all it's these about, other things. About how much you have to give up? Like, like do that, you give up Bjork for that? I don't know. I think Bjork's so young. Does I think I think Heinen should be a guy that you look at maybe moving the quiet one. The quiet. <laughs> he does nothing, but he's quietly doing something. That's how I feel about Danton Heinen. He's very uh, under the radar. He's not flashy. He carries the puck nicely, and it's just kind of like, oh, here we go. We're having a skate. Down the ice, and then that's it. Danton Heinen's back on the bench. That's how I feel. So I think he's probably a guy that you look to move, and then they have some guys stashed in Providence that you could move. But um, Darth Vader. At this point, with this core, I don't think you you worry too much about oh and Kreider is the other one I would take Kreider I think I think depending you, on the price you have to overpay for him yeah um, I would like to see them go for a guy that they could possibly sign after it too like Toffoli I think you could lock up here maybe uh, like a Charlie Coyle type situation I think that's what you're looking for honestly yeah I I hmm. they there's gonna be there's gonna be options in play yep 
It's uh, just a matter of who they get, but they're in on pretty much everybody. If they do nothing, will your head explode? Yes. <laughs> no doubt. This is it. You have to load up here. This is one more run for this core. I truly believe that last year I thought was it. This year is it do with it, these guys. Do it for the old boys. Do it for Chara. You got Chara and if you get Big Joe back and bring the gang back together. Can we somehow get Phil Kessel? Maybe Mark Savard can come in our retirement. Mark, yeah, there we go. That's it. Get that's, the old squad. That's the answer. If Mark Savard somewhere is, if he's listening to this, he's in a dark room. Yeah. Poor guy. Uh, he's I, a yeah. coach now, though. Yeah. I, man, I feel so bad for that guy. He was an awesome guy. He was awesome. I'm glad his name is on that 2011 Stanley Cup yeah. trophy because he deserves to be there. It's just a shame that he couldn't that cook. be a oh, turd. Pud. Absolute freaking turd, that guy. Oh, Despicable. Yeah. yeah, really. That's a guy that... Oh, real quick, too. This brings up a good point. The other day when uh, the Bruins were playing Montreal, Chara got fined $5,000 for cross-checking Brandon Gallagher right in the throat. <laughs> and as soon as that it's came everything out... Everything that's great about hockey. Now, now to be fair to Chara, everyone, all these Montreal fans were getting so salty about it. Like, he's such a dirty player. Remember when he pushed Pacioretty into the stanchion? Not really. It's not like you call the police oh, when the they guy. wanted to have him arrested for yeah. attempted murder. Like, please, God, those soft ass. Oh my God, the soft ass Montreal fans. Anyway, the that uh, as soon as I saw that came out, Charles fined five thousand. I was like, wait, five thousand? Hell yeah, money well spent. Are you kidding me? <laughs> for for cross checking Gallagher right in the face, <laughs> trying to give a guy a tracheotomy. <laughs> he, he got him too. And then you know what the best part was? They're in the box and Chara is uh, mocking him for flopping. I'm like, uh. Charlie, you just you literally just gave him a shot with your stick to the face. <laughs> Not much flopping in that. You 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 gave him a pretty good whack there, but still hilarious. Yeah, that that's that definitely money well spent. Um so we'll have more NHL stuff uh definitely in the next week. We'll probably just do a whole big deep dive on the trade deadline stuff and our next show will probably be entirely focused on NHL trade deadline and uh, full dive. Stuff could come out this week, too. And stuff could come out this week. Has anything come out while we're sitting here? We've, we have had breaking news before happen on the show. Nothing. Nothing nothing yet. Nothing as soon as we us. stop recording, that is when news will break. That's what happened last week with the with the Red Sox. Yeah, I know. We like broke down everything. You leave. and Da-da-da. I look, oh, I got something on, on my phone. Oh, Mookie Betts has been traded. Of course. Great. Of course. Um, we can't we can't always be that lucky. Um uh, I guess some leftover nuggets from, uh, you know, outside of the local stuff. Uh, we've spent time um, on NHL, did a whole big NBA thing, baseball. One last NBA kind of um, little note. Uh, we talked about the Rockets being just unbearable to watch. Um, the Toronto Raptors lost a game. Woohoo! They are now nine and one in their last ten instead of being ten and zero and winning like sixteen in a row. Yeah. Um, I'm really I'm. We've talked about this. I'm going to be intrigued to see what happens. Uh, right now, your Eastern Conference standings: still the Bucks, forty six and eight. The Raptors, forty and fifteen, six and a half games back. If the in the Celt- the Celtics are two games back from or a game and a half back from that, they're at thirty eight and sixteen. Um, honestly. If the Bucks like slip a little bit, it's gonna be interesting if the Raptors can keep this up. I think the Celtics are gonna keep up their their pace. Um do you see the Bucks being able to keep up yeah. this this pace and they're 
they're going to cruise and just be the number one seed. Pretty much. That's how I see it. Yeah, I think the Bucks just go in. They're going to win 60-some-odd games, and that'll be that. You know, they might lose a few more than they did in the first half, but I think you're looking at the same type of deal. They might lose like five, six, but they'll be they'll be first. And the Raptors, until they do without Kawhi, I'm just kind of like reading into the whole thing like, this is the Raptors of old. They're going to be the number two seed. They're going to get in the playoffs, and then they're going to choke it away. Until they do it without Kawhi, that's what, that's what I'm going by. Yeah. Um, conversely, a team that is kind of sputtering now, uh, the Miami Heat, um, are four and six in their last ten. You know they make all those big deals, and they've kind of you know sputtered here to the to the halfway point. You know at the All Star break, uh, are you worried about the Heat, or is this just they wanted to get to the break? They're going to kind of retool and come out of the All Star break, and now we'll really see what the Miami Heat are with all these pieces they've added. Yeah, no, I think they'll be fine. They'll be all right. They. Everybody kind of has that little slide, and I think they're just in the midst of one. But I think they'll be they'll be fine. They'll be in that four five spot in the East, probably um, in contention with the Celtics, Seventy Sixers, Pacers, all those teams clumped together. Uh, but I think they'll be fine. I think the stands are pretty much going to stand pat. Honestly, maybe you know it's going to be Milwaukee, and then pretty much everything else, which is how it's been the the whole year. So maybe Celtics Raptors could swap, but it's going to be pretty standard, I'd say, going forward. Uh, out in the Western Conference, Lakers still on top. Um, Nuggets, the two seed. The Nuggets are kind of like the Raptors. You're like, yeah, yeah, don't trust them. Ho hum. Um, Clippers are still in the three spot. Are you worried about the Clippers? They kind of again, you know, didn't play all that well, kind of to the finish line here at the halfway point. Yeah, they lost to Philly and Boston back to back. Yeah. Um, and there's been the chemistry issues. You know. Are they honest? Are they better without Paul George because they don't have two guys that are going to be ball dominant? Yeah. Um, are you worried? Are you worried at all about the Clippers? Um, I still think it's going to be L.A. L.A. in the uh, conference finals. Um, have you wavered at all on that? No, because I think once playoff come to, uh, playoff time comes, you you got Kawhi. In my opinion, he's the best player in the league. Uh. Just because what he does is all over the court, not just offensively, but both offensive, defense, special teams. <laughs> uh, he does he does pretty much everything, and I think once you get into, into into the playoffs, you know, Kawhi, George, I think all those guys will just show up, and and you'll be in that you know contention for the East, uh, West Finals or even the NBA Finals. Uh, I might be backing off of my LA LA Conference Final only because I think the Clippers might be coasting. And I think they could, they're only a half game up on the Utah Jazz, who are a team that does not coast. They may not win all the time, but they play hard for Quinn Snyder. And they could leapfrog them. If the Clippers are the four seed, now. Clippers are a bad road team. Now you're playing the Rockets in the first round, and then you got to go play the Lakers in the second round. I, I think maybe you get LA, LA in the second round uh, instead. Possible, yeah. Because um, the Clippers, I mean, they're going to have to kick it up a notch after the all-star break Um, because the Lakers are just the Lake the Lakers are they're cruising but they're like they're cruising in like they're locked in cruising like they're just they're just rolling them out and they're just doing their thing every single night yeah Um, and I don't know the 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 Clippers are gonna have to show me something more than they showed down the stretch here Um, Brad Stevens talked about it you can make up ground before and after the all-star game because teams are kind of coasting 
And so, I mean, it's going to be, it's tough to really truly judge. I do think it's disheartening that if you're a Clippers fan, uh, you see them kind of, they didn't lay an egg against the Celtics, but I mean, yeah, you come to the East coast and you lose two going yeah. into the all-star, uh, all-star break. Um, not a good look. Um, so that'll do it. Uh, unless you have any other league wide notes, there's really nothing else. No, that's nothing really it, major yeah. happened, um, this week, uh, league wide um we're gonna get to our favorite segment of the show uh most times mailbag um, mailbag you've got mail um so if you want to send us questions comments concerns games to play we've gotten you know a bunch of would you rathers all sorts of that stuff um you can email the show at the 360 sports show at gmail.com or you can send us stuff through instagram facebook twitter uh, all forms of social media at 360 sports show um, and yeah, we'll read the questions. Even if um, you know, if you're listening to this podcast right now, it's the middle of the week. Uh, send us an email. You know, we we bank them. If we don't get to them during the show, uh, you know, you can send us stuff throughout the week, uh, and we'll read it here uh, on Sunday when we tape. Um, let me get to do, 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 do questions. We had a couple of questions come in. Um, Jake, a regular contributor to the show. Uh, emails us and says, just found this website of QB performances for pro football focus on the Super Bowl. The website ranks all the best performances. Um, and we, we pulled this up. We looked at it um, before the show. Um, and I'll, I'll, we'll read through it quickly here. But my question is based off the is Eli deserving of the Hall of Fame discussion. Um, so I wanted to pose these statistics to reinforce Eli's performances in the Super Bowl compared to other quarterbacks to increase, to strengthen the argument for people who say that the defense carried him and that he's not deserving. Also wanted to open the door to discussing other Super Bowl performances because I was surprised that Brady's performances were so much lower on the lists. Thanks, guys. Love to hear what you guys say based on the topic. Um, and so we pulled up this website, um, ranking every Super Bowl performance by a quarterback in the pro football focus era. Um, and immediately scroll to the top to see, well, who's number one? Aaron Rodgers, uh, his lone Super Bowl appearance, is the number one quarterback. Um, And I'm just going to read what they wrote. The best Super Bowl performance by a quarterback we have ever seen belongs to Rodgers in his one and only appearance. And it's not even close, says Pro Football Focus. Rodgers had a 94.2 passing grade in his Super Bowl 45 victory over Pittsburgh and gathered up nice, uh, nice, nice, nine big time, nice big time throws, nine big time throws while going without a single turnover worthy play. Five of those big time throws came on third down where he completed six of 11 attempts for 138 yards. Four of those five incompletions were dropped. For perspective on how great this performance was, Rodgers hasn't recorded a higher passing grade in a single game since. No quarterback has come close to as good of a game in this Super Bowl as Aaron Rodgers, and it's hard telling if anyone else will anytime soon. So that was number one, and I decided, okay, let's work our way back. Number two, and this is why Jake is using this, you know, you use you use the information that helps your argument. Eli Manning in Super Bowl 45, or 46. Eh, I... I'll I'll read what they write. Uh, this is this whole thing. I think is going to be an example, Christian, of why um, there's lies, there's dirty lies, 
There's dirty, rotten lies. There's no good, awful, dirty, horrible lies. And then there's statistics. Yep. And where the numbers, you can start getting just lost in the sauce, uh, lost in the stats. Um, Whether or not Eli Manning belongs in the Hall of Fame is another topic of discussion. But he did have the second best Super Bowl performance by a quarterback. Eli had four big time throws. I want to know what they're, you know, what's big time? Is big time just yards and down distance? Or do you take into the fact that, you know, Eli Manning was throwing against a secondary that was the second to last second to last defense in the league that year and guys like Antoine Molden and Julian Edelman were playing corner in that game. Yeah. Uh and Sterling Moore. Um that's that's and Devin McCourty his first year moving back to safety because he was so putrid at corner. Like people forget McCourty was a corner when he yeah. first came out. He was good in that first year though. Excellent. Nails. Uh in and I think he made the Pro Bowl in his rookie season. And then was absolutely just getting picked on at corner. Um, was basically benched, and they said, well, if you want to continue to have a career, you're going to have to learn how to play safety. That yeah, turned did. out pretty well. Um, but McCourty was not good this year. Um, so anyway, has had second-best performance by the stats. Eli had four big-time throws and no turnover-worthy plays for the game and was near-perfect when throwing under pressure. Uh, he had 14 pass attempts under duress, and had a perfect adjusted completion percentage. Again, this is where you know you gotta you gotta read through the weeds here. Adjusted completion percentage, <laughs> uh, while averaging nine point three yards per attempt. Again, against like the worst defense, one of the worst defenses probably ever in a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's up there for sure. Um, Nick Foles is number three. What's the common denominator here? He was good in that game. Though. He was great in the game. The defense was non-existent. <laughs> um, I just think this is this is just stats-based. And, I mean, I guess the argument Jake's going to make is, well, people are holding the interceptions against Eli. The problem is this is the Super Bowl. No one's saying Eli doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame because of his playoff performances. It's the rest of it. It's How about, how about we pull up the Pro Football Focus's rankings of uh, the top, you know, worst performances of a quarterback. How many times is Eli on that list? Because his Super Bowl, yeah, he played well in the Super Bowls. He played great in those playoff runs. But it's the rest of it throwing, you know, like 30 interceptions. And like yeah, it's, that's kind of just knocks you back. And, and, and then you really want to delve deep into it. It's like, well, like that 2011 team went up against a terrible defense. So I'm not, those stats are kind of hollow. Me and you can agree. How many people are going to disagree that Tom Brady against the Seahawks and the Falcons had all-time great performances for quarterbacks? He doesn't even crack the top ten. Maybe all the way through, though. Because oh, okay. Brady wasn't great in a couple of those games. Oh no, Brady does crack the top ten, and it's against the Eagles. But he was good in that game. Yeah. Um. Except for the strips. Who was better, Tom Brady against the Seahawks, or Tom Brady or, or Eli Manning against the Patriots in two thousand and seven? Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady. The performance against the Seahawks, the Legion of Boom, the Probably arguably the most dominant defense in this era. 15th best performance. Eli Manning against the undefeated Patriots, 11th. Yeah, I don't know about that one. You know why, though? Because it was an an undefeated season. So that's why he's probably up there. Yeah. Well, then, I'm sorry. Then you're using two different metrics. You either use your eyeballs or you use the, the cold, hard stats. Well, here's the thing. 
everything is analytical, so there's probably about 400 metrics. Yeah, I mean, this big-time throws, do they explain this? Let's see. No, it doesn't it doesn't give you uh like a descriptor of like what big time throw. Big time throw seems to be there like Jake, was this designed specifically for Eli Manning? Cuz if you want to go big time throws, yeah, Eli Manning has a bunch of big time throws. Um big time chucks. But he also has a bunch of big time poops. <laughs> poops. Um I don't know. I mean, I I look at the stats, like you look at Tom Brady's performance against the Falcons, putrid first half, absolutely, absolutely abysmal. Uh, could not decipher the man coverage that the uh, Falcons were playing. Um, he threw right into the robber coverage on that pick six. Just terrible, terrible decision making. Terrible reads. The, the Patriots with that fumble played team, a horrible first half, and then Tom Brady came out and had he went above and beyond in that second half and had one of the most epic halves. Um, yeah, you'll ever have see a quarterback half um, in leading one of the greatest comebacks of all time. So you can't just rely on the stats. You got to let your eyeballs tell you something. Um, Eli Manning is going to the go, going to go to the Hall of Fame for his postseason resume, even though it's a short one. He has two epic runs. Those are his only two runs. Every other time he was either other than one, that, he sucked one and done, and he was a pretty bad uh, quarterback. From a stats perspective, if we're going to use stats, the stats are not good for Eli. He was not a regular season quarterback. No. Um, and granted, towards the end of later years, there's a lot of personnel issues there. But, you know, and it's it's the quarterback position is the toughest to judge because when you win, everything's on you. When you lose, everything's on you. Um, you know, you can make the argument. And it's, a, it's the ultimate team sport. So it's hard to place that much on one guy. But... I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't. I don't think this really changes the argument for me, um, because we were already just no. using the Super Bowl before. I'm. I'm. I'm just surprised at the metrics they use and how everything got ranked in here. I don't know how much weight I'll put into this. Uh, am I surprised that Eli had you know some of the best performances by these metrics? No, because he had big time games. Um, you don't look at those performances and be like, oh. You know, he really lit it up. Not the case in either of those games. No. David Tyree made a hell of a catch. Yeah. Plain and simple. So, uh, Jake, thanks for the question. Um, two questions um, from Peter. First, uh, is the XFL worth watching? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christian. I don't know. Like, I'm not yeah. as... I, I was like... It was good last week, but I'm like, I think it's entertaining, but am I going to sit there every week and watch it? Probably not. It's entertainment. That's what I'm approaching is. Yeah. I'm not trying to get into it to be like, this is going to be, this is going to be my like fix for the NFL. I'm not even approaching it that way. Like, oh, I miss football. No, me neither. I'm just, it's, it's entertaining. It's entertaining. I'm just not going to sit there and watch it every week. That's all. These guys are being, being paid like, you know, a couple tens of thousands, maybe a couple hundred thousand bucks. And they're out there knocking each other's heads off. I mean, that's yeah, I've, that's all it is. Yeah, I'm it's for entertainment. I'm, yeah. I'm watching it purely for the entertainment fact. I like the rule changes. I think it's fun to watch. I think I was going to watch the first week more than I will the rest of the season, but I'll still catch it when you know. I, I, I think it's I think it's it's fun. That's that's what yeah. I'm approaching it as. It's like how you approach movies. Do you go to the movies to see Fast and Furious because you want to see like award winning acting and 
an elegant screenwriting. No, I see cars. No, you want to see cars. You want to see chicks, and you want to see like explosions. That's it. Yeah. You, do you go to a movie and you know, do you walk into Pacific Rim because you want to see like just riveting dialogue? No, you want to see giant robots fight giant aliens. Like it's entertainment. It's yeah. just simple pleasure. Um, that's what the XFL is. Now, if you added aliens to the XFL, now I'm, intri- <laughs> now I'm intrigued. <laughs> now you're intrigued. I'm watching every week. I think we would not have uh, broadcast television anymore if aliens were That's in true. play. Yep, you're not wrong, but it would still be making an entertaining product. Yeah, um, unless it was like uh, the XFL, like the aliens came down and stole like NFL the stars. talent. Talent, yeah, and we had the monsters. The monsters, yeah. That's gonna be Vince McMahon is already working on. You know, uh, instead of a Space Jam, it's you know, it, it's 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 a, a XFL version of Space traveling Jam. traveling the galaxy looking for aliens to steal talent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, to Peter, I think the XFL is worth watching. Yes, it's worth it. It's worth it to tune in and see if you're entertained. I'm entertained, so I'm gonna watch. Am I gonna be like, oh my god, I missed the game. I gotta DVR the game. No. Are you going to sit there for like three hours straight watching it? To hang out with my friends? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not going to sit there I'm and not. watch it the way I watch a Patriots game or NFL games, like with rapt attention. But I'm going to put it on. Yeah. I'm going to have it on. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch today. Yeah. So um, second question, um, and I'm glad we're getting this this question because we've said that the show is not just it's not just New England sports. It's it's all sports, and it's it doesn't just have to be pro stuff. Uh, we welcome any and all questions um, that have to do with sports. So they can be non-conventional sports questions. Uh, we have some friends uh, workshopping. Uh, they're workshopping this question about uh, re- relationships and sports. And if you're with somebody oh, who's yeah. not a uh, a fan of uh, the team you're a fan of and the struggles of that. So someday we're going to get that question. One Wait, of these days. One of these days. We're waiting for it. Um, this workshop question. Um, but... Uh, this question, uh, so we welcome all sorts of questions um, and outside the professional realm. And Pete uh, wants to know, the University of Rhode Island basketball team is 19-6 and six overall and second place in the Atlantic 10 at 11-2. and two. What do you think their prospects are for the NCAA tournament? Not great, judging by how they got crapped on by Davidson. I was going to say, the, the, the Davidson loss is really bad. Now... Obviously, let me pull up. I had their standing somewhere. Um, they are, yeah, you know, they're they're going to be they're a little bit. Bo- I mean, they they could still make a run in the A ten. Like they could they could very much still win the A ten. That Davidson, uh, sorry, the Dayton loss uh, was just really bad because you started out so poorly. I mean, what was it like seventeen to 17 nothing? Nothing, yeah. Jeez, not, not good. Not a good way um, to start. Um, URI basketball is fun, man. I'm glad it's back. I mean, Fat, yeah. Fats Russell is just a stud. I mean, he's he's so much fun uh, to watch. He's uh, by two tenths. He's not the leading scorer in the the A10. He's averaging twenty point two points. Uh, Ryan Daly is averaging twenty point four, but. Fats has scored more. He scored 505 points. So, ha, daily, take that. Um, <laughs> I, I do think they're going to get, I mean, d- will they win the A-10? I don't know. They could upset somebody. But they, they could they could definitely, I think they're going to be in play for making the tournament. Um, the way they've expanded the tournament, I mean, all they need to do is, like, get, you need to be in the top 68 
right? Because they have those four teams, you know, 64 yeah. to 68 that kind of play in to get into the tournament just because these guys, with the one, they want to make, they want to have more games so they can make more money. That's what, <laughs> that's what the NCAA wants. Um, but are they in the top 68? I certainly think so. I mean, and I think if they can get in, they can make noise. Um, I think if they don't start as poorly as they did in that other game, you know, they made a comeback in that game. They were competitive. You just can't get down 17 to nothing against good teams. Yeah. They, they, I mean, I don't know. They could, they could make a run and get in, but I don't see them making a real tournament run or anything, but it would be fun to see them in the tournament. And they bounced back. I mean, Grand St. Joseph's is like the worst team <laughs> in it, it. Yeah. One of the worst teams, not just in the A-10, but like overall really bad, but you bounce back. I mean, you smoke them. Um, and, you know, a little bit of a road stretch here for URI, you know, on the road at Davidson, at Fordham. Um, and, you know, hey, they'll get to see Dayton again. And this time it'll be uh, at the Ryan Center. It'll be at home March 4th. That's a Wednesday game. Big Try game. to score some points during the game. Yeah. Don't don't get down 17 nothing. Um, Zero is not a good number. Odds of making the tournament, I'd say still good. I mean, URI yeah, is solid, really yeah. good. I mean, that stretch from January um, to mid-February here was just unreal. I mean, let me count how many went. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They won 10 in a row. And so they're 11 and one in their last 12. Um, oh, I said Davidson. Yeah, Dayton. That's what yeah, I yeah. yeah. It, was, it was Dayton. Dayton. Not a, um, not a good performance yeah. there. But they, they, they T- could, top team in the, they co- could get in the conference. So, I mean, again, it's like, how do you judge that game by how poorly you started and then, you know, you're just scratching and I want to see what happens the second time around. We'll see yeah, second time around in in uh, in the Ryan Center, right in our backyard. So maybe uh, maybe the 360 Sports Show can uh, March 4th, uh, as long as uh, you're not stuck at work late and as long as I'm not uh, otherwise engaged uh, broadcasting uh, collegiate sports, uh, maybe we can make it over to, uh, to a URI basketball game. That would actually be quite fun. On location. On locale, it could be that could be our first credentialed uh, experience. We try and get in with credentials. Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh yeah, we're 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 from the 360 Sports Show. We're the Dayton we're, Flyers. We're we're here to uh, to to cover uh, URI basketball and uh, this uh, big A10 matchup. Big A10. Matchup. Um. So yeah, I I I always pull for URI. I mean, I I hope they make the tournament. Um. I always I I always pull for the Rhode Island teams. Them and PC PC's having a. a uh, the and worst, couple, the, the worst I've, year. I've watched a couple of Friars games, and oh my god, they've had some. They had a huge win earlier. Um, Do they not know you have to score? But but they have their struggle. They have no shooters. Oh my god, it's painful. It's painful to watch. They could have won. I forget who they were playing last weekend, and they just can't. They can't shoot. They had so many chances to open this thing up and get back in it and take a lead, and they just couldn't do it. They can't score for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't know what it was that maybe it was just that day, but oh my goodness, they were not good that day, and they just can't score. Yeah, it was. I mean, like they beat Marquette eighty-one eighty. That was a huge win on the road. Um, but then they followed oh, up. Savior, I think, is the they, uh, they lose Villanova. Villanova. They, they lose to Butler, and you beat St. John's. Lose to Creighton. Lose to Seton Hall. Lose to Villanova. Beat Butler. Then you come back, you beat Creighton again, you lose to Xavier, lose to St. John's, beat Seton Hall. Like it's like it's up and down. it's up and down. You know what are you what are you going to get? I mean, five games left for PC, Georgetown, Marquette again, Villanova, Xavier, and DePaul. Um, 
So I, I'd say if you're going to pick a Rhode Island team to hit your wagon to. You are I. You are I. Go Rhodey Rams. Um, Christian, do you have any other questions, comments, thoughts, concerns? No, I think we touched on pretty much everything. We'll do a big uh, NHL trade deadline. I want to get into that some more next week. We'll touch on uh, Casario a little more and some MLB stuff. And I guess we'll just keep recycling uh, the Brady news uh, as it comes because... Brady Watch Day 65. There's going to be something different every single week. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. If you want to send us your questions, uh, email the360sportshow at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at 360 Sports Show. Love the engagement we've been getting. And remember to subscribe and like the show. You can find us on SoundCloud or iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, wherever you like to get your podcasts. You can find us. So uh, enjoy the All-Star Game tonight. We'll have that to talk about next week as well. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. See ya.